Well, welcome to New Hope. And uh, Mark Merza was here a couple of years ago and did a, 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 a Sunday evening on prayer and really had a great time. Those of you that were here, well, I think will attest to that. He's going to be here next Sunday night at 6 o'clock uh, to lead us through an, a, another time of prayer focus and uh, just to have a good time. There'll be some laughter and, and some just a, a good time of fellowship together. Uh, next Sunday morning, Joey Hamrick, some of you know him, uh, from the Mount Sinai community. He'll be here bringing a message uh, next Sunday morning. So make plans to be here and uh, just enjoy uh, being together in God's house once again uh, next week. But if you're here today, if you're a visitor with us today, we want to invite you to text the word welcome to 704-459-5575. And that number is in your bulletin. Uh, that's on your, going across the screen on, on the internet. If you're Watching online, we want to say welcome to you. You too, uh, if you'll uh, text that in and receive a, a message back from us. We're glad that you're here. Glad that you've chosen to be a part of our worship service this morning. Um, one other announcement. Uh, the youth are leaving for youth camp tomorrow. So pray for the leaders. <laughs> pray for the youth. Pray for the entire team. It is going to be a, they're going to North Greenville again. They've been there for a couple of years and uh, just got a great crowd of kids and, and leaders that are going. And just pray this week in your prayer time that God would just uh, reveal himself in a unique way uh, to each one of them this week, that, that they would draw close to the Lord during this week. We'll begin our time of worship this morning in Psalm 33. Bring your heart of worship to the Lord this morning with with this tone, with this attitude. Sing joyfully to the Lord, you righteous. It is fitting for the upright to praise him. Praise the Lord with your harp. Make music to him on the ten-string lyre. Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully and shout for joy. For the word of the Lord is right and true. He is faithful in all he does. The Lord loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of his unfailing love. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, their starry host by the breath of his mouth. He gathers the waters of the sea into, his, into jars and puts the deep into the storehouse. Let all the earth feel, feel the Lord, fear the Lord. Let all the people of the world revere him. For he spoke and it came to be. He commanded and it stood firm. The Lord foils the plans of the nations. He thwarts the purposes of his people. But the plans of the Lord stand firm forever. The purposes of his heart through all generations. Blessed is the nations whose God is the Lord. The people he chose for his inheritance. Let's pray together. Almighty God, we do come today, God, acknowledging you as a sovereign God the God of creation, the God who put all things in order, put all things in place, for there is nothing new under the sun, your word tells us. And Father, today we, we come, Lord, worshiping you, thanking you, God, today for the, for the freedom that we have in Christ Jesus, for the freedom that we have from the bondage of sin. God, we thank you for that today, for no matter where we go or what we do, whatever our circumstances are in life, we have you. And God, we thank you for that. And God, because of that, today, 
We open our hearts up, God, and pour them out to you in worship. God, we pray that today that you would be exalted, that you would be glorified and honored in everything that's done and everything that takes place today. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, happy 4th of July. I saw a, a quote the other day. It said, the greatest gift that Britain ever gave the world was America. Amen. Today is the, the United States 245th birthday. Today we are, uh, it's a time to remember the freedoms that we have and to thank God for those freedoms. Amen. Uh, because we, uh, I said earlier, we so often take them for granted. We look over them and just uh, consider that they're going to be there every day. Uh, but one day they may not. And so we've got to protect our, the, the freedoms and assure that, that they stay in place the way that they are. All, all day today, people are going to be celebrating. Uh, unfortunately, there's some already celebrating right now instead of being in, in God's house. But, but that's okay. Everybody that lives in the United States is afforded the freedoms that we have. Praise, praise God for that. And like I said, people are celebrating everywhere today. Man, they're, they're having cookouts and pool parties and family gatherings, trips to the lake, massive fireworks shows across the country, at least where they're permitted. Um, Tonight, I mean, the skies are going to be lit up. It'd be really neat to be on an airplane tonight about 9 o'clock, wouldn't it? To be able to see all the fireworks blowing off all across the country. Or maybe to see a satellite image. I wonder if it lights up on the satellite. But anyway, that would be a really neat uh, picture, wouldn't it? To, to be able to see that. But America is the greatest de democratic experiment, experiment that's ever been tried. It's ever been attempted and it's the only country that's ever been established by a creed or on a creed think about it all the other nations are were, were founded on on geogra geographic boundaries uh the powers of kings or 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 the ancestors that were already there and had things in place but not not america so what's the creed what makes America special? What's it, what makes it different and, and unique? Well, it's the, the simple yet profound statement by Thomas Jefferson in the Declaration of Independence. He says, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Think about that one statement right there. All men are created equal. Thomas Jefferson believed that there was a sovereign creator. Not, I mean, the, the, the theory of evolution came along later, but, but he understood that, that a sovereign creator put us together in our mother's womb. It says that we were endowed by the creator. He, he gave God credit for the rights that we have not rights given to us by men, as even today men will try to take our rights away. Or the unalienable rights, they were given by God and cannot be taken away. 
they cannot be taken away. He saw the authority from our, from our freedom and liberty coming from God Himself and not man, not anybody else, no other organization, but it came from God. And as much as people will try to argue, without question, the United States was indeed founded on Christian beliefs and principles, and that is simply undeniable. Amen? Praise God. Take, for instance, some of the quotes from our founding fathers. George Washington, he said, It is impossible rightly to govern the world without God and the Bible. Thomas Jefferson, the Bible is the cornerstone of liberty. Benjamin Franklin said, The longer I live, the more convincing proof I see of this truth that God governs in, all, in the affairs of men. And if a sparrow cannot fall to the ground without his notice, it's probable that an entire empire cannot rise without his aid. And then John Jay, <clears throat> Providence has given to our people the choice of their rulers. And it is the duty as well as the privilege, listen to this, and interest of our Christian nation to select and prefer Christians for their rulers. There's not much question there, is there? Not any doubt that the people that put this country together had God at the center of everything that they were doing. That they wanted this country brought about in the rightness with God to honor Him and glorify Him in and through the things that, that takes place. A letter from John Adams to his wife, Abigail, on July 3rd, 1776, talking about July the 4th. <clears throat> he says, I am apt to believe that it will be celebrated by succeeding generations as a great anniversary festival. It ought to be commemorated as the day of deliverance by solemn acts of devotion to God Almighty. It ought to be solemnized with pomp and parade, with shoes and games and sports, guns, bells, bonfires, and illuminations from one end of this continent to the other, from this time forward for forevermore. Boy, he was excited about what was to come, didn't he? He knew what this country could be. He knew what it could be like. And he continues, he says, You will think me transported with enthusiasm. But I'm not. I am well aware of the toil and blood and treasure that it will cost us to maintain this declaration and support and defend the United States. Yet through all the gloom, I can see the rays of, ravish, of, of, rays of ravishing light and glory. I can see that the end is more than worth all the means. Amen. Folks, I truly believe that that this nation was founded on, on God's Word, and because it was, God has poured out His blessing on this, on this nation for the last 245 years, plus years. People, think about it, people risk everything they had. They, they, they risk their life, their fortune, their honor, all in order to, to, to give us the country that we have today. They risk everything they had to, to follow the truth that God revealed in Scripture and they, and they laid it as a foundation for us today. 
We have what we have today because of what they believed in and put forth 240 years ago. But yet today we take it for granted. Yet today we talked about this on Sunday, uh, Wednesday nights a couple of weeks ago about how we have taken for granted the, the, the price that was paid for our, for our freedom here in this country. Unfortunately, there's a, there's a great spiritual battle going on for the soul of this country right now. It's going on all the time and, and we have to ask ourselves, have we turned our backs on God? Have we as a country turned our backs on God or will we turn our backs on God? Think about it. Our, our policies and laws are now led by secular beliefs and selfish desires. Christianity is being rejected at every turn. The name of Jesus is being disparaged every day. And Christian principles are being replaced with worldly ideologies all day long. That's not something that just happened though. That's something that's been going on for a number of years. And it's becoming like a snowball. It's seeming like it's more and more every year. When you think about it, we're choosing the world to be our leader and not God. We find a story in the Bible where the Israelites did the same thing. They chose, they wanted an earthly God. They wanted a, 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 an earthly king. They wanted a king of the world. They wanted a, a, a secular king to lead them, not King Almighty. Not the God of the universe. And I'm afraid that today we're doing that same thing. We're making that same trade-off. We're trading the our direction and our ways from God for the things of the world and leaders of the world. Leaders that are about their own ways and about secular ways and worldly ways. The ways of Satan and not the ways of God. If you will, turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 8. We see the story is played out here where they get fed up. You know, the, the story of the Israelites, they're complaining. You know, complain, 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 and God blesses them and makes it right. Then they start complaining, 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 and God makes it right. And they're never satisfied. I wonder if that's where we are as a country. When it's all about ourself, it's all about pridefulness and, and ego. It's all about our desires instead of God's plan and God's agenda. In 1 Samuel chapter 8, we see where Israel asked for a king. <clears throat> he says, when Samuel grew old, he appointed his sons as judges over Israel. The name of his firstborn was Joel, and the name of his second was Abijah, and they served in Beersheba. But his sons did not walk in his ways. They turned aside after dishonest gain and accepted bribes and perverted justice. So all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel and Ramah. They said to him, You are old and your sons do not walk in your ways. Now appoint a king to lead us, such as all the other nations have. 
But when they said, Give us a king to lead us, this displeased, this displeased Samuel. And he prayed to the Lord. And the Lord told him, Listen to all that the people are saying to you. It is not you that they have rejected, but they have rejected me as their king. As they have done this, I'm sorry, as they have done from the, from, from the day I brought them out of Egypt until this day, forsaking me and serving other gods, so they are doing to you. Now listen to me, but warn them solemnly, and let them know what the king who will reign over them will do. Samuel told all the words of the Lord to the people who were, who were asking him for a king. And he said, this is what the king who will reign over you will do. He will take your sons and make them serve with his chariots and horses. And they will run in front of his chariots. Some of them will be assigned to the commanders of thousands and commanders of fifties and others to plow his fields and reap his harvest. And still others to make weapons of war and equipment for the chariots. He will take your daughters to be perfumers and cooks and bakers. He will take the best of your fields and vineyards and olive groves and give them to his attendants. He will take a tenth of your grain and all your vintage and give it to his officials and attendants. Your, your, your men servants and your maid servants and the best of your cattle and the donkeys he will take for his own. He will take a tenth of your flock and you yourselves will become enslaved. When that day comes, you will cry out for relief for the king you have chosen, and the Lord will not answer you in that day. But the people refused to listen, and Samuel said, No. No, they said. We want a king over us. Then we will be like all the other nations, with a king to lead us and to go out before us and fight our battles. And when Samuel heard all the people said, all that the people said, he repeated it to the Lord. And the Lord answered, Listen to them and give them a king. Then Samuel said to the men of Israel, Everyone go back to his town. I don't know about you, but that sounds an awful lot like where we are today. But here in the story, Israel, the Israelites had had rejected God, had, had rejected His ways. They had gotten a, a secular God and, and now they were, they were wanting to live according to the world, to be like this country and that country, or these people and those people. Our country today has their own agenda to, do, to be the way they want to be, to be different than the, than the way things have been. We see in verse... 6 through 9, that uh, they, they said, give us a king to lead us. And so they were, they were rejecting God. They were rejecting God as, as their king. And, and Samuel warned them. He was crying out to them and, and warning them what was to come, what would happen. He was going to let them know that the king would reign over them and claim their rights and claim their lands and claim their people that they would become subject to this new king. Their freedoms would be lost. Their freedoms would be taken away. We turn over to, to, to 1 Samuel chapter 12, verse 13 through 15. And we see in verse 13, he says, Now hear the king you have chosen, 
the one you ask for. See, the Lord has set a king over you. If you fear the Lord and serve Him and obey Him and do not rebel against His commands, if both you and the king who reigns over you follow the Lord your God, good. But if you do not obey the Lord, and if you rebel against His commands, His hands will be against you as it was against your ancestors. And so God, is, God warns them, this is what's going to happen. I wonder where the, the prophets of today are that are warning our country to return to the, to the Lord. To humble yourself and pray as we sang a moment ago. To bring ourselves to repentance and confession. And pray fervently to the Lord. Who, are, who, who is it that's standing up on behalf of the, this country and petitioning the Lord for our continued freedom? For drawing our country back to, the, to God's ways of, of living and, and, and way of order. They chose an earthly king. You know, if you think about the United States, if you, you think about America, it was founded on, on immigrants that were searching for freedom. They were searching for freedom, freedom from the tyrannical government, freedom from, uh, or freedom to be able to worship together like we are today. Folks, there are places all over the world that cannot do as we're doing right now. A freedom that we have the luxury of, that we take for granted all the time. But that was one of the freedoms that they wanted, that they desired. They wanted freedom to be able to voice their opinion. They wanted the freedom for, for people, even if they didn't like America, to say they didn't like America. We have that freedom. It doesn't make sense, does it? It doesn't make sense to be able to stand up here and say, I hate America. But that's what people died for. For us to have that freedom to do that. I guess my point would be, leave if you don't like it. They wanted a place where they could voice their opinions where they could be represented in their, in their government, where they wouldn't be ruled over by this, by this king. And so they left Britain and came to America hoping to find that freedom. Now, you fast forward a number of years, and, and, and for decades, immigrants from all over the world came to America searching for freedom. You see on the screen here a picture of Ellis Island and, and some of the immigrants coming off the boat, off the ship, coming into Ellis Island. But they came to Ellis Island and came through Ellis Island. They came to America the right way. And for many years, that way was through Ellis Island. Think about it. Ships from all over the, the world were filled with those who had a desire to come to America to find freedom. And these ships docked all around Ellis Island. And, and people came off the ship wanting that freedom. Desiring that freedom, searching that freedom. You see in these pictures, they have a suitcase. That was all, that was their life. Everything they had was in that bag. 
from 19, or 1892 to 1954, 62 years, there were 12 million people that came to America that went through Ellis Island. Now you compare that today, there was 180,000 illegals that crossed the southern border. Play that out, there's 2 million people in one year that's going to come across the, the southern border illegally. That doesn't include all the others, hundreds of thousands or millions that's going to come legally. But Think about this. When each of these people went into Ellis Island, there was about a four-hour process to get checked in. And, and, and that process, it, in, it included a, a medical exam. It was a quick medical exam nevertheless, but it was, it was a quick medical exam, a physical exam. They did a, a, a back, so to uh, speak, a, a criminal background check. But I want you to understand this. Not everyone was allowed to come in. All of these people, those 12 million that went through Ellis Island, they all didn't make it into the United States. A number of them were sent back because they were criminals, because they were, had physical ailments or mental illness or sickness of some sort. You think about it, heaven is the same way. Jesus calls everyone to, to immigrate to that eternal uh, nation of love and grace and peace and, and forgiveness, which is heaven. But there's only one way to get there. You see, just as Ellis Island was the entry point to the United States, Jesus Christ is the entry point into heaven. Amen? And, and, and John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. No one goes into heaven unless you come through me. And that was the same thing for Ellis Island. Nobody came to the United States unless they went through Ellis Island. Ellis Island, people were rejected. People were sent away. But you see, there's only one way to enter into heaven. And people will say, but Russ, there's a lot of gods out there. There are a lot of different ways. There are a lot of different religions. But Jesus says, oh no, <laughs> that's not true. I am the way. I am the only way to heaven. You see, when, when you die, when I die, we're, we're going to be inspected too. God's going to look in the Lamb's book of life and see if our name is written in it. He's going to do a medical exam on our hearts to see if Jesus is in our hearts. And think about this. There are going to be people sent away. There are going to be people that said, Oh, I did good. I was a good person. I gave money to the church. I came every Sunday. I did this and that. But you didn't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You didn't have a personal relationship with Him. And for that reason, Jesus is going to say, Away from me, for I never knew you. In that medical exam, he looks into your heart and doesn't find Jesus. You'll be cast away. You'll be turned away and sent back. You see, Jesus 
gives us freedom from sin when we stand before the King. He gives us spiritual freedom. For the, it says in Romans 3.23 that, or 6.23 that the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. You see, Christ paid the death penalty for us. You see, if we don't have Christ, we have to pay that price. We have to pay the death penalty for our sinfulness. But Christ paid that penalty for us. And in in doing so, freeing us from death row. He freed us from death row through His sacrifices because it was a penalty too much for us to pay on our own. Paul wrote in Galatians chapter 5, verse 13. The New King James Version says, For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. But don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful desires, your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. The freedom we have in Christ is not for us to go out and and, and sin and and, and realize that, that grace is even more. But the freedom we have in Christ is to serve one another, to love Jesus Christ, to make Him known, to make disciples throughout the nations of the world, to become the person that that He wants us to become. You see, God's calling on us frees us from that wrong spiritual uh, concepts. It says in Galatians chapter 4, verses 3 through 7. Galatians chapter 4, verses 3 through 7. He says, and that's the way it was, that's the way it was, that's the way it was, and that's the way it was with us before Christ came. We were like children. We were slaves to the basic spiritual principles of this world. When the right time came, God sent His Son, born of a woman, subject to the law, and God sent Him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that He could adopt us as His very own children. My friend, if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are His child. You are an heir to the throne of God. And it says, and because, verse 6, And because you are children, God has sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father. Oh, Daddy. Daddy. It's a personal personal God now you are no longer a slave but God's own child you're no longer a slave to the sins of the world you're God's own child and since you are his child God has made you an heir oh my what a doesn't that make you feel good to know that you're God's child that you are a a child of the king that you have heir to the throne of God that you have that hope of eternal life. Folks, that's what He died for. That's what He gave us in His death. Folks, today is all about freedom. Today, America celebrates its freedom from the tyranny of Great Britain. But today, today and every day, Christians 
celebrate their freedom from sin. Amen? And praise God from that. We have freedom in Christ. You see, God's work in the hearts of people brings, brings them true freedom and, and eternal freedom. And true freedom in the, in the hearts of, of people brings true freedom to the nation. And I'm afraid that today too much of our country is still bound in sin or chasing after sin and doesn't have the, the spiritual freedom that we have in Christ. You see, the freedom that God has given us, the freedom of sin that we have, the freedom of uh, of, of life in Christ that we have and the freedoms that we have in this country we have the freedom to make disciples without fear think about that we have the freedom in this country we have freedom in Christ to make disciples not only in this country but across the world He's given us this freedom to serve one another. He's, he's given us freedom to, to, to become more like Christ. And he's given us freedom for us to become the people that God's called us to be. And folks, we've got to utilize the freedoms we have in Christ and the freedoms that we have in this nation to further His kingdom. To make the kingdom of God known here in this place and all around the world. But folks, it starts with us. We must be willing to, to humble ourselves and pray. And pray fervently. We've got to be willing to, to confess our sins and repent and follow Christ in all areas of our life. On Mondays, on Tuesdays, on Wednesdays, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sundays... On every day, in every aspect of our life, we've got to be willing to follow Christ. We've got to decide right here and right now, we must decide in our hearts to, to surrender to the Lordship of Christ. To decide today to make disciples. To decide to let Christ change our hearts. And to become the person and the people and the church that God wants us to be here in this time in this place. Amen? You see, you were born in this era, in this generation, in this day. You're alive today because God placed you here for a purpose. We don't know when He's coming back, but it's soon. Like I said in the funeral Friday, soon and very soon. We're going to see the King. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Soon and very soon, we're going to see the King. And He's coming. And are you ready? Are you ready? Are you the person Christ wants you to be in your life? Or have we decided to let Jesus be Lord of our life, Savior of our soul? Have we decided that we're going to be about making disciples of other people. But it has to start for our country to return to the way I believe God wants it to be. It has to start right here, right now with each one of us. And only you can make that decision. You will make that decision today for yourself, for your family, 
collectively we will make it for the church. What is God calling you to do? How is God wanting you to respond to whatever He's spoken to you about today? For today is the day of your salvation. Today is the day that we come back to Christ. Today is the day we surrender to Christ for His Lordship in our life. Complete Lordship in our life. You decide and you come however the Lord leads. Almighty God, we are so grateful, Lord, for this nation, for the freedoms that we have here, but oh my, we are so much more grateful for the freedoms that we have in Christ Jesus. We thank you, God, that we have the freedom from the bondage of sin, that we have that hope of eternity. But God, you've also called us as a, as a body of believers to become who you've called us to be. You've given us these, all the freedoms around us to become the people you want us to be. Forgive us for not. But Lord, help us to change. Help us, Lord. We want you to be a part of that transformation in our lives. Maybe there's those here that have never known you as, your, as their Lord and Savior. Or maybe today, God, we, we, we realize that we're not where we should be. That our prayer life isn't there. That our devotional time isn't there. That our time of worship isn't there. Our time of fellowship isn't there. Our time of ministry isn't there. Our time of mission isn't there. So God, we come to You and surrender to You. Every, everything about us, every aspect of our life, so that you, God, will be glorified. Hear our prayer, O oh Lord. In Christ's name we pray.
Amen. Praise the Lord. Our God is a great God. Amen. God is a great and an awesome God. And, and God is alive today. He's alive in your heart and my, in my heart and alive in Winona James' heart and Vivian Wall's heart. Amen. Amen. They have... Uh, y'all give us... <laughs> Praise the Lord. Uh, I've been talking with these young ladies for over a year now, I guess. And, uh, they've been working with child evangelism for uh, two years now, three years. And uh, man, back during COVID and all, they accepted Christ as their Lord. Okay, And today they wanted to come and tell you guys. And uh, we've set up a baptism for two weeks from today, I think it is, July the 18th. And so we'll, we'll make it known to the world through baptism uh, as well too. So we look forward to that day. All in favor, say amen. 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 And praise God for that. I want to invite these two ladies uh, to join me at the, the front door and where you can offer them the, the handshake and welcome of uh, New Hope Baptist Church into the family of God. Amen. <laughs> 